Blog Talk Radio. This is Tanya Hathaway with Tanya Talks, where your voice is heard and your stories told on Marty OP's TS Radio Network and Stephen Burke's 89.9 KLRB FM Lighthouse Christian Radio out of Oklahoma. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> we have got quite an evening um, for us tonight. First of all, um, Danielle Tanner who has been on the show a couple of times and is running for United States Congress. Oh, she's been so busy, so darn busy, that she actually had double booked herself for tonight. So we've got each other for 90 minutes with Arthur Bean, with Tina Gertz, of course, where her and I both host a, a show and uh, are working closely together along with Arthur, Arthur Bean as well. And we have Arthur Bean, by the way, is... Uh, he works uh, with Deborah Hampton, attorney at law. He is a an avid researcher, legal expert, and a private investigator. Hot onto uh, this um, injustice in Oklahoma and helping us expose that. Uh, we're glad we found each other um, between of all all of us. I mean, what a crew! What a crew! And growing. And thank you for all that are contributing, sharing information. Tiffany, Tiffany Walton has been walking those streets like a bad butt. Okay, and I'm saying it like that because we are on a Christian radio station. Let's keep it that way, all right? Um, and, and in Oklahoma, she, has, uh, she was called for help regarding some inmate conditions regarding uh, the COVID-19 crisis where actually – um, in this part of Oklahoma, last I checked, and that was a few days ago, it's listed as the number one hot spot for the, for COVID-19. Well, it just so happens there are a couple of um, a correctional facility, a prison there in Taft. And um, yes, it is showtime, Martha Bean. Get your bottom on here. So, um, so, so he, um, so. Uh, Taft, Oklahoma, has about 250 people population, very similar to um, a little town named Calvin, Calvin, Oklahoma, uh, that many of our listeners have heard an awful lot about. Uh, So what happens when you have got um, in uh, a little town 250 people um, and you've got a couple of prisons there, then one of them, which happens to be uh, the uh, Eddie Eddie Warrior, Dr. Eddie Warrior uh, Correctional Facility for Women, all right? Uh, And this uh, facility houses approximately just under 1,000, just under 1,000. I'm not looking at two-day numbers exactly, 
but last I knew, and we'll, you know, jump online, we'll get today's most recent numbers. Uh, last I knew, uh, there was just about 700 out of that population that have tested positive for COVID-19. Now, you know what? Just like in the population outside of the walls, uh, you know, of, of the prison walls, you know, you have high-risk situations, right? You have situations where, of course, with the elderly, as we get older, our body starts to wear down, and we do have more uh, weakened immunity systems, and we happen to, you know, form some illnesses as well, some more than others. But you also have uh, those that have other comorbidities or, or, forgive me, just, you know, immune disease, immune diseases that would make one much more uh, vulnerable to illness, okay? So whether it's, a, whether it's a cold or whether it's COVID, okay? So it gets, um, it gets a little bit sticky, though, when you're in the walls of a, of, of a prison because you have much, much less control, if any, over your health and well-being. So we have, you know, we have geriatrics in, in the prison walls, and, and inside of prison. So what happens when, uh, what happens when masks aren't being worn by some staff? We're not going to say all staff because that's not the case. But what happens then? So what happens when the facility is mold infested? Seriously, mold infested. I'm about ready to click. Uh, publish on a petition that I have out, and you're going to hear about that. We hope you're going to jump on and sign up right away. Uh, what happens when a, a, a prison is mold infested and uh, and the inmates that are actually in charge of cleaning get get written up because they've spent too much time trying to clean the mold so that people don't get sick? Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, what happens when you're actually malnourished in prison. What happens when you only get very small portions and and sometimes you're retaliated against because maybe they heard you talking, maybe they think that you're actually ratting them out, which you should be able to do. You should be able to, to have a complaint uh, and not be retaliated against. So what happens when you actually get fed feces? Huh? What happens then? Well, you don't need it, right? Well, what if you don't know? And what if you found out? What happens when you're not allowed to shower, when you can't shower? What happens when you don't have adequate air conditioning in this moldy facility or a moldy facility and you have to wear a mask 24-7 and it's hard to breathe to begin with, not to mention if you have – sure, sure, absolutely, Marty. Absolutely, he can come on too. Thank you. Um, what, and, and so what happens if you've got to wear a mask, right, in this moldy place, okay, what ha- and, and then you have an illness to begin with, you're having a hard time breathing, you know, uh, put something over your face. We all know what that feels like, right, okay? But put five of them over your face. Put six of them over your face, over your nose and your mouth. Maybe you'll just get a little, little bit of an idea of what it's like for somebody um, with some kind of a respiratory illness, what that feels like. 
Yes, Arthur, you're supposed to be listening to me. Yes, get on here. <laughs> uh, or is he busting on me? I don't know. So what happens? Uh, what happens is people die. Not always. But people get sick. People get sicker. What happens? What happens? Um, does it spread? Yeah, it does. It spreads. And other people get sick. You know what, um, Arthur, I should have actually taken the call. He tried to call in. Tina, can you text him and, and uh, give him the right number? Are you there, Tina? Tina Gertz, are you on with us? Oh, boy. Um, okay. So what happens? What happens is people get sick. What happens is people get in trouble for being honest and saying, hey, my son, my daughter, my father, my mother, my uncle, my friend, I'm worried about them. I haven't heard from them. They told me this. They told me that. What happens when you don't get the results of the test back? It's been weeks. You're sitting in jail and you're waiting to be trans. Hello? Marty, are you there? Yes. So, so what happens? This is a true emergent situation. Absolutely. Arthur, you are on. Um, Marty Oakley just said that you are on and you're on live. Yes. Okay, good. Okay, good. Uh, thanks for thanks for coming uh, coming on. I thought that you couldn't get on. I should have I shouldn't have hung up. I should have just uh, conferenced you into this. Um, I'm just going through my little monologue. You know me. So what happened? Uh, you know what happened this time? What happened this time is, is more and more people have recognized what's happening. Tiffany, Tiffany Walton, took with her video camera. She she went to the different representatives. She called on people, and the call to action has been answered. God bless this woman. Oh, my goodness gracious. She she was supposed to be in Jamaica sitting on a beach right now. Tiffany Walton was asked to go to New York City in the heat of the hot spot in New York when it was taking place. And she went. She was she was actually out of the country, all right? But she 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 went. She experienced COVID front and center. We all have our own different ideas and feelings about you know, COVID and, and, you know, masks, yes or or no, or when or not, and, and you know, the whole vaccine thing and all this stuff. Believe me, I have very, very, very strong feelings about it, but I also um, am aware that there is such thing as COVID, and um, there are such things as, co- as COVID deaths, and, yes, there are skewed numbers. But you know who's being really good about skewing the numbers right now? We're talking about the Department of Corrections in Oklahoma, um, they had claimed that there was only two cases when uh, there was more than, than two cases. Unfortunately, sometimes they rely on the word of the people that they trust, uh, the wardens, the numbers that are being passed on. They can't be at every prison at the same time, every facility at the same time, every jail, <clears throat> pardon me, at the same time. So 
We have a disconnect, and that's a nice way of putting it in some cases, okay? And we need to uh, re- I don't even know if it's reconnect. How about reconstruct, okay? Reconstruct this situation. Get the people out of imminent danger that are in imminent danger. Get them out. I'm not saying let them free. I'm not saying that uh, people in prison don't deserve to be there, even though we do know, and we're, we talk about this all the time, and bring on, on people all the time, right, or very often. We know that there are wrongful convictions. We know that there are excessive sentences. And we do know that there are abuses in some of these prisons, many of them that are going on and on and on and on, and, okay? And, and nobody gets really, uh, relatively speaking, nobody is held accountable for it. Nobody. Somebody to be held accountable for it. It's time. We've got people that are dying, people that should have had emergency surgery right now. And we know that in COVID situations, those are the only surgeries that are, ha- that are taking place where it's, where it's hot are the emergency surgeries. Otherwise, you have to wait. That's just fine. But what about somebody sitting inside the walls of justice, injustice, prisons, you know, for, so they can pay their price? Oh, oh, I forgot. And, and maybe they didn't even do what they're in there for. Okay, we'll leave that for another subject. But what about humane conditions? What about that? It is a person's life, okay? For the naysayers, oh, they took somebody's life. Well, you don't know that, do you? You really don't know that. And if they did, you have to live with that thought process yourself. I can think of a couple of instances where I totally understand that, but I can think of so many instances, so, so many right there in Oklahoma that because of masters of corruption and malfeasance in the judicial system, in the legal system, prosecutorial, investigative, and public pretenders in some cases, where people have been on death row and have been killed innocent. So think twice. Think twice. The show tonight... We're going to talk about just what's happened uh, most recently over in um, over in Taft at the um, at at the uh, the um, uh, women's correctional facility there, and we are not though going to limit it to just what is happening over there because it's like a Pandora's box. We already know that as soon as we have somebody on uh, regarding uh, malfeasance in one area, boom, all of a sudden we get tons and tons of calls. It empowers people and, and we're glad for that. Well, so many are empowered right now and so many are disgusted. So many are fed up. They're, that they're sharing. They're coming out. Some representatives came out. Thank you, Tiffany. And this is what's going on tomorrow. Actually, Tina's going to share that. Tina's going to do that. So, uh, yeah. But just be ready. Just be ready. So here, here we go. Um, I'm not a lawyer. Uh, I only pretend to be one. Oh, haha, no, I'm not a lawyer. Uh, I, uh, I'm an advocate, and I, uh, and I stand for justice. And I loathe and go after injustice. Big difference between a mistake. And purposeful denials 
constitutional rights, purposeful manipulation of evidence, suppression of new evidence. Uh, let's just go. Let's just go. Let me at it. I'm in that mood today. I mean, I'm, I'm always here, but I guess I'm just coming out a little bit more about it. So uh, we've got to do something. We are doing something. You know, we've been able to, you know, correct some things that were going wrong in the past with the system, uh, and, and there were pleasant experiences. Oh, we know that. Let me see what's going on. Next thing we know, it's taken care of. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. It's life or death. Life and death in some instances, in many instances. Um, and uh, we want to thank you for listening. So neither myself, Marty Oakley, Stephen Burke, professionally or personally, can be held liable for any error of content. Uh, that being said, oh, boy, a good deal of work goes to vet the information and what is being shared on this show and otherwise. I'd like to say hi to my mom who's listening. Hey, mom, got to hear me all fired up. Not the first time. Mom, mom, I love you. Uh, <laughs> uh, so very happy to have you here. Uh, there's purpose. We are here with purpose. Thank you for being on, uh, James. I know that you're on. I asked. I told Marty, yeah, sure, definitely. Please make them live. Thank you, James, for coming on. I know you're keeping pulses on the uh, system over there in Hughes County as well. Uh, do we have Tina on with us right now? Oh, okay. Tina, where are you? She's messaging me. Okay. Uh, all right. Where are you? Is Tiffany with us right now? You know, I've got to – I've just got to babysit these people. I'm only kidding. All right. So, Art, nothing for nothing, last but not least. How, you, how the heck are you doing? <laughs> I just read an article today that I thought was more recent, but it was something that you had put out, that, or if you didn't put it out, uh, that Fox had put out. Uh, there's, it was written by Fox, I believe. They do that nowadays. Yeah. Uh, and it, can you explain that article and what that was all about to our listeners and, uh, and just what's happening here today? Well, it was when a DOC first when COVID-19 really first, you know, started becoming widespread and published common knowledge, we had filed a request, a lawsuit to amend our complaint. We had a lawsuit pending and we wanted to add a complaint because we felt like it was just a, it was just a matter of time that if DOC didn't have some mandates that it was going to, it was just going to blow up. And we just knew it was a matter of time, even at that point, they said, oh, we've only had two cases and maintained those two cases until the judge ruled on our motion for leave to amend. And shortly after, the next day or a couple of days after, the numbers started to increase with the COVID-19 in the prisons. And now we have 721 cases that was reported as of 9-3 of 2020 at Eddie Warrior, 101 cases at Mabel Bassett. But Monday, when they update this list, these numbers are going to be even higher. Yeah, right, because they're not going to uh, be recorded. Um, and we argue the that, that because of the uh, numbers of offenders in the Oklahoma prison system, that social distancing was impossible and that it was just going to end up, you know, just like a tea tree dish, you know, and they were going to spread these diseases and that. 
we argue the offenders don't have, shouldn't have to wait until it happens in order to get relief. But the judge says, well, they did a good job keeping it out so far. You don't, uh, they've only got two positive cases. You know, I'm going to deny your motion for leave to amend. Now I feel like we've got to ask for an injunction to prohibit uh, the transfer of inmates from facility to facility. Yeah, well, and what's happening with that? That's causing spread. Yeah, huh? okay, let's talk about that. Well, that I, I know, you know, look at when they shut Kate Bernard down and then took the girls to Eddie Warriors. Then the COVID-19 blew up at Eddie Warrior. Sometimes DOC does things that are calculated. They went and got those inmates from Comanche County that were infected with COVID-19 and brought them to... Uh, brought us to some different facilities, brought some of the women to Mabel Bassett. Look at Mabel Bassett now. We have 101 cases. They brought brought them to Northport. Horrendous. Yeah. Because your husband don't control. And I I promise there's more than two offenders at Northport uh, Correctional Center. I've talked to some inmates on the phone over there, and they have admitted to me that uh, you you could hear it in his voice that he was sick. And uh, he said, I, I'm I'm okay. He said, but I really feel like shit. He said, I feel horrible. Well, careful. We are and on, know, on uh, a Christian radio station. I apologize for that, for listeners of, 89, of uh, Lighthouse Christian Radio. Say you're sorry. I'm sorry about Come that. On. But that's, that was verbatim. <laughs> that, I'm, I'm, I apologize for that, but that was oh, verbatim what he him. said. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. No, I, I know. This is raw. This is very raw. It's very real. It's uh. It's a tough thing. Absolutely. And you tough. could just hear it in his voice how how he didn't sound good. You could just hear it. Right. Right. He says some things yep. gotta be t- he says we, we need some we need some help. Right. So we're helping. You're helping. Yes. Deborah Hansen's helping. We've got Tina who has just decided Tina. to come on. She certainly yeah, put herself out there. I was afraid they came and got you, that they tracked you down. I always worry about that. <laughs> I honest to goodness, I worry about that. All right? I, I do. Uh, I worry okay. about that. So so uh, I'm glad you showed up. You're probably getting me back for being um, the lady, the the uh, the, the uh, queen of delays um, <laughs> that I am. Uh, but um, uh, but glad, you, glad you're here. Were you able to hear what we've talked about so far? No, I was not able to. Okay, well, welcome to the show. We'll have to to catch up a little bit later. Um, Art, can you can stay right there? Don't go, don't go anyway. Actually, Arthur, I'd rather call you Arthur. I like that better. Um, So, um, stay right there, please. But Tina, I promised our listeners uh, that you would give the information on what's happening. Tomorrow, and I'm trying to reach Tiffany. Have you heard from Tiffany? Because she was nowhere to be found, too. Okay. She's probably exhausted. Tiffany, again, she was supposed to be on a beach in Jamaica somewhere, but she um, she she stayed right here. She could not rest until she did that, until she um, uh, made the headway and is doing exactly what she's doing every day. Every day she is driving out to uh, Taft, and um, and it's been out. It's been amazing, gathering all kinds of information. You should see the videos. Some of these videos um, are on Oklahomans incarcerated, true stories and how they got there, 
okay, that Facebook page, as well as, you know, you'll find it on Injustice in Oklahoma Exposed as well. Tina, so let's share with our listeners what they can do, uh, whether they have an inmate, a friend, or, or, or not. Uh, Tomorrow at 10 a.m., we are having a rally in, at Eddie Warrior Correctional Facility. The address is 601 North Oak Street in Taft. Um, you can check it out on our Facebook page as well. Um, but we're going to be collecting names and information from everybody about their loved ones incarcerated, how their rights are being violated, whether or not they have COVID, or if it's still questionable that they have COVID. Um, so it's very important that a lot of people show up and give us the information to give to Arthur Bean. And me. And Tom. I've been, coll- I've been collecting names for ages. And me. That was a given. <laughs> huh? <laughs> you were a given. Come on, sharing is caring. <laughs> we all share, we all share. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so what else do you uh, – so uh, specifics, specifics on uh, what they need to bring with them, um, uh, the hours. If you already said that, I'm sorry. I've just been getting this to a point right now uh, where I'm I'm about ready to – forgive me. I'm about ready to share this peti- petition on, on online. So it's been published, but I'm trying to share it so that we can direct people there too. So um, more specifics. Uh, it'll be from 10 to 4. And like I said, no matter what facility your loved one is at, you can come out and represent them. They, they don't have to be from Eddie Warrior to right. okay. get to sign the petition, to to sign the paperwork, to to give us the information that we need about it. To help them. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so yeah, there there are a few different things that are happening right now. Okay, so that is happening. Okay, that is happening tomorrow. Will that be the last time you can do it? No, it's not. But that being said, uh, it's really important to, to show up if you can. Okay. It's really important to show up if you can. There'll be time. There will be times when it will be Facebook Live, okay. Um, and uh, and I'll be connecting. Uh, I'll be connecting in with Tina as she's as she's meeting with people. I've uh, got a, a a couple of templates that are going to make it real easy uh, to complete this process. Um, and Arthur and I have been. Uh, spending warrior time on the on the phone and uh, discussing, you know, processes, processes. It's kind of like you cannot go to appeals court unless you have already been uh, in district court, right? Well, so, you know, sometimes, you know, even when you're an expert, things can be a little bit tough. But, oh, no, not for Arthur. He knows exactly what he's doing. But, but anyways, we were just talking about, uh, we were just talking about, you know, I was putting something together, um you know, for the families and friends uh, of, the, of, of the inmates. But we're also talking about, you know, the grievance process. 
for the uh, for the inmates themselves. So there is a form. It's really important uh, if you're uh, if you're listening and you have somebody in one of these uh, facilities in Oklahoma. Okay, so there is a form, and you know it's right. It is right online, and I will share that link as well that gives the process. But uh, step one is you ask the inmate asks for a grievance form. Supposed to be able to do that and not be afraid, not not fear retribution, right? So this is everybody's own personal decision, right? Um, my feeling is, and I'm not trying to make decisions for anybody else, uh, to, to, for anybody else. Again, it's personal decisions. But my feeling is if all the inmates that have a grievance that are aware that this is happening and they have the ability to ask for a grievance form, from the supervisor, from a corrections officer, whoever it is that comes around, you're supposed to be able to do that, and you fill that out. They are obligated to give you a copy of that, okay? They are obligated to give you a copy of that for your records. I I know people don't always do what they're obligated to do, okay? If you're listening through uh, the podcast, um, uh, TS Radio Network. Apparently, Marty Oakley is having a hard time with um, a little bit. Why am I not surprised? Hacked last week, bounced off this week, uh, coming back on. She's she's sticking with it, coming back on. Um, but why am I not surprised? Oh my goodness gracious! All right, so uh, so that form, when that form is filled out, very important. If you can relay this information, if anybody's able to talk to their loved ones, their friends, whoever is inside, and if they have a legitimate grievance, okay, which which is really defined by uh, by uh, the, the human conditions that is required uh, within within the um, within the uh, facility that they are in. So if they if they say okay, the in this in this condition in this case the guards are not wearing or corrections officers are not always wearing their masks when they're coming in close contact damn that you know that's it fill that form out sign it request a copy immediately if they don't give it to you because it's supposed to be uh attached to that grievance you can only write one grievance on that page at a time. So guess what? If you have another grievance, I haven't been allowed to have a shower in 10 days, okay? Ask for how many forms you need is what I'm saying. Because if you do another one, another grievance, if you fill it out incorrectly, that's a great excuse for it quickly to be bounced back to you. And most, unfortunately, will not tell you how to fill it out. Okay, just like you go to a court clerk, uh, you know, to submit to submit something, um, you can't really ask them questions. They're they're, they can, they're not allowed to help you. Okay, it's liability. But I just think that, I just think that in most cases you're not going to have uh, corrections officers that can help you fill out agreement grievance about a, a facility that they are working in. Okay, especially if it's about them. Uh, so that is how that's done. Now, how cool would it be to have hundreds? at least, of these submitted with valid 
grievances same day. And we know it. How are you going to bury that? <laughs> the power right. of numbers, right? Let's talk about that a little bit. Arthur, what do you have to say about that? I'm totally in agreement with that, that you need to overwhelm the facilities with these requests of staffs and grievances. There's 11 categories, discrimination, classification, complaints against staff, conditions of confinement, disciplinary process, legal, medical, property and trust fund, records and sentence administration, religion, and personal identity. And that would be gender variant, clothing, hormone treatment, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. During this time with this COVID, all these all all these people's rights are going to be affected. For the for instance, the people in the county jails that are waiting to be transported to the uh, prison that may even be COVID infected that we may not know about. They don't get those. They don't get their level. They they don't get their level credits. Then they only get delayed reception credits. So if they've been in a county jail for five, six, seven months, that's uh, at least uh, six months. If they've been in there for seven, that's at least six months worth of level two credits they could have been getting. And then on to level three at at ten months. Mm-hmm. And then level four. Then level four by ten months. And plus, they don't get the extra 15 days a month good conduct achievement credits if they're eligible. So there's a liberty interest right there just being placed in prison. And a lot of these people that are in the prisons now, these sentences are going to be transformed to death sentences. DLC don't want to give them that. DLC don't have the money to treat all their people. Well, they barely have the money to feed them. And the food is a grievable issue. Right, right, and and again, I mean, I'm I'm not the only one that has been made aware of the feces is, issue. Am I here? No, no it's horrible. Heard that. no. That's pretty sad. Especially at Connors, the way their That's toilet systems are designed. Yes, the way their toilet systems are designed. Oh, it's not on purpose. It's like is that the Oklahoma. No, it's it's the design. Yeah, it's it's because of the design of the it's because of the design. Some of the facilities I think on purpose. Okay, so I really stand corrected. Thank you. All right, all right. Thank you for that. But Um, then you get into the dilapidated conditions. Uh Terrible, horrifying. Tina, I just shared the petition. Arthur, I was going to send it to you, um, but it was uh, everything was going slow, so it's it, so um, it's it's out there. I'm going to keep sharing though. Um, so the petition is out there right now on injustice in Oklahoma exposed. If you agree, um, you want this action to take place, or um, uh, let me see, uh, just take a look at it. Um, and if you agree and you want that action to take place, please sign it, share it, sign it, share it. Really appreciate it. Oh, we just got one donation. Gee, thank you for that. 
I don't know if this person wants their name out there. Thank you for that. Um, wasn't expecting that, but we we do this for nothing, so or Tina and I do. <laughs> so, uh, um, so we really want you guys to help us help you. If this is not affecting you directly, we really want you guys to help us help what could happen to anybody any day and any time something bad could happen. Stuff happens that lands people in jail or in prison. Stupid things happen, and they got to pay their price, rightfully so. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and and while they're paying that price, there shouldn't be, as Arthur says, a death sentence. Okay, because there wasn't a death sentence. They're just in there to pay their price, right? So, uh, and some are, you know, it's just we cannot judge. We cannot prejudge anybody who has spent time in prison. Um, and, uh, you know, they're there to pay their price, and some are there paying somebody else's price, and then some. These are the conditions. These are the conditions, and they are um, killing people. <laughs> and that's not overstating. It's killing people. Uh, Tina, what are you hearing? Yeah. Um, what What are you hearing from other facilities, I know I've heard a lot about from Lawton today, and this is another question. What about the private prisons? What about them? Uh, who's overseeing them? What are the numbers? You know, well, are they valid? Are... Go ahead. All the prisons are basically the same. There's different wardens. Some are more caring than others and actually try to take care of this facility. However, COVID still gets in. Um, there are wardens and guards who cuss at the inmates, um, call them out of their name. I'll say it that way. Um you know, yelling at inmates for not wearing their mask when the guard isn't wearing their mask. It, it's it's an issue at every Oklahoma prison and probably the jails too. Although I haven't heard from anybody at the jails. I have. Yeah, I have actually. I have to look up which one it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 I Eddie Warrior has it on a more inmates. Um, how am I trying to say this? There's most of the inmates there have it, so their their situation is dire. Um, but it is at all the prisons, and they're all being treated the same. Some have no running water. Some have said. Um, the, there's no cleaning products. It's it's not the way to fight COVID. You have to let them get clean. You have to let them take a shower. Um, and they're not getting showers daily sometimes. It's a horrible yeah. situation. It's a horrible situation. 
I, I mean, yeah. we're not suggesting um, that they moved out of there and go to the Hilton or anything like that. Um, no, not but, at all. But they, let's start you with a shower. Not, yeah. yeah. So just imagine this. You know, um, there's sweltering conditions in many of these facilities, whether um, DOC admits it or not. There are sweltering situations, okay? Not all of them, you know. And guess what? Air conditioners break. We get that. We get that. Well, some of them um, don't have air conditioning. And some don't have air conditioning. Uh, so all. then you, you need fresh circulating air. And then when you're in a prison or you're in a facility what are, or even in a home, right, that's sealed up tight, you've got mold, it's 90 degrees outside, um, mm-hmm. and there and there are people with COVID uh, or not, or not, Okay. Then you got to wear a mask on your face, right? Okay, get it, get it, right? In this moldy place, undernourished in many conditions, unable to shower in some conditions. Um, what are we asking for? This is like the perfect storm. Of course, we're going to have death. Okay, so um, people are signing this. That's good. Uh, we're getting a few signatures here. Okay, what are we asking for with this petition? All right, title, COVID-19 crisis in Oklahoma prisons, call for correction and and accountability, all right? Uh, Transparency, prison reform, accountability, inaccurate accounts of COVID-19 since pandemic struck. The elderly and immune-compromised population are most at risk just as with the population outside the walls. The difference is the inmates from every level of security are a majority-wise being housed in unsafe conditions and lives are being lost, medical, pending a life-threatening situation and what would otherwise be considered emergency surgery, scheduled out several, several weeks. And in the meantime, uh, in general population, while at high risk and unsanitary conditions, uh, relevant to the level need of inmates without high risk, not to mention imminent danger, that's just one example, and I'd like to tell you uh, exactly what that, that urgent, urgent surgery is. But I want to give it away because there might only be one inmate that needs that particular surgery. I'm not going to give it away. Uh, spreading COVID-19 from one facility to another in many instances, as Arthur just discussed, meals. Despite the insistence by the DOC, regular meals are served, that regular meals are served. We know in some instances that there are facilities where the meals are regularly not being served and some and some scraps. Um, okay, I, I guess I could edit that to make it uh, sound a little bit better. Nutritional deficiency and not meeting the minimum standard is a petri dish for illness in already subpar conditions. The result is less ability to fight off disease such as COVID-19. Denied showers, enough uh, denied showers, denied enough water. Water, uh, staff, uh Okay, I could take them. See, I did this real quick. And deaths occurring, deaths occurring. And this is why we need that petition to be signed, okay? Then there are a couple of pictures here that have been shared uh, and were asked to, uh, it actually came in the form of a video, but there are a couple of pictures here. Um, oh, goodness, I guess I'm going to have to uh, recenter that, which I will do. Um, but right now, I'll tell you what's in the pictures. You can see some of it. Some of it is mold. The best, it's the best grain of the picture that I could get. Okay, it's mold. That's mold. 
uh, and the first one there is actually a um, uh, a toilet and the uh, surrounding uh, area in the toilet mold all over on the floor, uh, the most filthy, filthy toilet that you can possibly imagine. Again, we're not expecting the, t- the Hilton, but it's supposed to be humane conditions, okay? We're not in a third world country, or are we? I may be inside the prison, but it's not supposed to be that way, okay? Um, if you treat people with dignity, right? You treat people with dignity. Mm-hmm. Then they know that they deserve that. Then they'll be better at recovering. You know, do they deserve to be in in uh, in, in prison? Probably eighty percent of the time, yeah. That just goes to show you how 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 much you know. And that's an awful lot, you know. That that other twenty, uh, I don't really know, you know, exactly how I feel about that statistic. It could be that could be low right there, but we also know about the excessive sentencing. So, you know, they don't go in there. Their punishment is not to be surrounded with pulp with the mold. Okay, that is not their punishment. Their punishment is not to be malnourished. That's not their punishment. That is not their punishment. Ask the judge. Right? You know, you know, I'll leave it at that. But their punishment is not to be deprived of saving themselves. Their punishment is not to be recklessly and ne- ne- and with neglect um, exposed to, in some instances, a deadly illness, disease. That's not their punishment. Their punishment is the amount of time they are to be inside of those walls and and to take it upon themselves to do everything that they can do for rehabilitation and reintegrating into society, which, my Lord, many, many have done and are being deprived of, mm-hmm. uh, of um, being even considered. <clears throat> so their punishment is not to be eating feces because there's nothing wrong with the plumbing, okay? That's not your punishment. Their punishment is not to deprive them of life-saving medication. Their punishment is being in there. Okay, that's their sentence. So, let's go for 100. We've got a few signatures. Let's let's get some more. You will find it um, on change.org. COVID-19 crisis, if you look that up, or in Oklahoma prisons, find it on Facebook page, Injustice in Oklahoma Exposed. You'll find it on Oklahoma's Incarcerated, True Stories and How They Got There. Uh, Arthur, you were saying before um, before I wanted to get Tina on and, and share about the, uh, tomorrow. Yes. You were, so you you were saying, uh, I mean, where where do we begin? What uh, Tiffany was able to expose. 
Let's talk about let's uh, talk about the food. Let's talk about the food. Anytime DOC's budget is failing, the food always gets bad. It don't matter what facility you're at. And we know this year that they had we they had a budget shortfall and they were thirty nine million dollars short. That led to the How closure much? of NEOC thirty nine million. Okay. And that's wow. gonna affect that's gonna affect every area. That's and that led and supposedly this is what led to the closure of Cushing uh NEOCC in Vanita to change it to a work center. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't put a fence around NEOCC and turn it into a medium security facility. But they took those guys and moved them around the state to different minimum units. And some of the minimum units that they moved those guys to, they They've had uh, outbreaks of COVID-19 at those facilities. That's pretty scary stuff. That's pretty scary stuff. So let me ask you, um, and I'm getting some, uh, uh, some, let me see, I'm noticing some comments that are being made uh, regarding Regarding Eddie Warrior, so I'm going to read that um, after you know in a little bit. I'm just going to okay. So okay, so let me ask you something. Do you think that budget issue should justify of these um, prison conditions? Absolutely not. What they need to do is they need to truly reform their sentences. Uh-huh. They need to make it retroactive, and they need to reform the sentences. These judges have too much discretion when they sentence these guys and women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's been plenty of money that's allocated. Is there an issue, do you think, with where that money is actually going? Do you think it's being mismanaged? <laughs> You thinking about that answer? Yes, I am. <laughs> okay, fair, fair enough. Nothing justifies so the way why, they treat why are you thinking about uh, that? Ju- we have a, go ahead. Nothing justifies the way that they're treating these guys and these women that are in the prison system. Regardless if there's an outbreak of COVID-19 or not. They locked them down at the beginning of this, said we're going to slow the spread of COVID-19. They did pretty good for a minute keeping the COVID-19 out of the prison system. But once they let them back up and they started moving these guys around and girls, going to Comanche County, they didn't have no business going down there anyway. Oh, we're going to go down there and help them out. Oh, yeah, you went down there and helped them out, all right. You brought all that shit put it, excuse me, you brought all that uh, illness back into the prison system with a total disregard to the inmate's safety and well-being and got them sick. You were totally and deliberately indifferent to their to their medical needs. Got, got them sick. Now, 
here they are. Right. In a state, right. of, in a state of, in a in a crisis. Mhm. Mhm. Something's gonna well, have, something's got to give. Well, see the they thing got is, sick and they're not the, willing you know to the thing the, the thing is this is what they they got them sick and think twice about that transferring sick inmates and but they're not willing to give them the help that they need to get better or to fight off. You know, they're not giving them vitamin C or anything like that. Right. They, well, they need they they need the sunlight. We know that, or you need the vi- or you need the vitamin D. Also, mm-hmm. um, you know these are huge uh, 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 you know immune system builders. Um, you know, so if they're not getting that fresh air, and what about the mental health impact? Anybody want to respond to that? The mental health impact. Well, of it. Go ahead. Well, they're sitting there in themselves. They they know. Well, we can't go nowhere. We can't get away from these people. I listen to these guys tell me all the time. We got to have help. We got to have help. These guys are over here are sick. We're going to get it too. The next week I talk to the guy. He's sick too. Right. And these are at the facilities. These are allegedly at the facilities that got the low numbers. Right. Like Northport Correctional Center. Lexington Correctional right. Center. Mm-hmm. Well, I've just told this one woman who's been mouthing off a little bit is that, you know, even though, you know, I think she, according to her post, she had some concerns. Um, but uh, now she, uh, and she was terribly rude to Tina um, on her page, but she has responded to a video that I put out um, uh, early afternoon. She said, what she said is, this is to people that have loved ones. Uh, this is the people that you that have loved ones at EW, you know, at EWCC. There are a few videos out there that are telling so many lies. I'm, I'm just wondering, how do, first of all, how do videos tell lies? <laughs> okay. It's either there or it isn't. I mean, I know you can kind of like manipulate by not showing something, but I don't think that's the case here, right? So there's videos out there telling so many lies. I just spoke to my loved one there and told her all that is being said, and she, and she said – these women that are sitting across the street from Eddie Warrior are only making it where the women cannot go outside, so please stop. Um, they are getting canteen. Water is not being limited. Dining hours are on time. Dorm 3 does have working air conditioning. Dorm 4 is having problems, settling problems with the foundation. However, this is what construction workers are working on. The yards are not all out at once. All positive go out at one time and negative at others. The kitchen has more than four working in kitchen. The gym does not have maggots. Well, I think I remember we were saying that there were eight um, working in the kitchen. So right there. Um, And then uh, so uh, she's, again, she's saying, uh, I understand that to be out there telling lies is not going to help either. I think that that takes a lot of kahunas to call somebody who has, um, you know, come up, had her call to action and taking it upon herself uh, day after day after day, going out there and rallying, in, rallying the help that just immediately improved the conditions. Um, but there are still other conditions that need to be paid attention to, not to mention every other facility in Oklahoma potentially that uh, houses 
um, inmates or uh, where people are in transit transition. Um, so, uh, so she is saying, wouldn't it be better to go to DOC headquarters or the governor's office? And I'm about ready to tell her, how about you plan uh, how you want to help and do it and, uh, and, and just butt out <laughs> because, you know, I mean, I appreciate that input. I really do. But to say that somebody is, you know, the, the videos are lying. That's, that is just, you know, she has a loved one in there apparently. And it's like, how can you say that, uh, you know, that somebody's lying when somebody just helped improve the conditions and, and who knows if um, somebody is being induced to uh, say these things to not get um, the retaliation behind, behind the bars uh, that could be happening. Of course, that's a bad situation too. So what do you guys say to that? I agree with you. Um, I've known people who have been forced to, to tell people to drop whatever they're fighting for, for their loved ones. Um, the inmate is forced to tell them to let it go. Um, and also in a situation like this, where there's, you know, media coverage now and there's, you know, videos of people screaming for help, um, DOC will want to quiet it down as soon as possible. So it's completely possible that they're just um, trying to smooth it over for now, but then it'll just go back to the way it was. Right. It's exactly. This is not about a temporary fix. Oh, while they're looking, we won't, you know, steal the cookie from the cookie jar. That's not what this right. is about. Right. It's, and it's not just about Eddie Warrior. I mean, it's all of them. That's so. exactly what I'm also responding to, you know. Yeah, exa- keep going. That's all I have. Art, you got anything to add? He's oh oh he's back on the computer. Okay. No, I was I was I was on mute. I was trying to figure out how to get my phone unmuted again. I lost I lost the screen. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Well, we got you this now. Is hey, this you, is, you can never let in, us lose you. All right. <laughs> in March, in March, we filed a request for leave to amend, March the thirtieth, twenty twenty, and I predicted this you know, with the COVID-19 because during the current pandemic, it's creating a prison population that's vulnerable to COVID-19. In light of the urgent COVID-19 crisis, it is imperative to reduce the prison population as quickly as possible. The COVID-19 pandemic is currently affecting the entire state and nation. Well, look at, look at, look at after March, look what happens to the numbers throughout. When we filed this lawsuit seeking an injunction and, and request to amend our p- petition, they locked the state down. They stayed locked down for maybe a month, a month and a half. But every time some type of court action starts making headways, they want to try to punish those offenders every single time. Right mm-hmm. now, in, right. in this instance with COVID, it was COVID nineteen. Was it smart to lock them down? Well, yes. Was it smart to let them up? Well, 
at the facilities, I mean, you could have let in some let let the guys have rec time, but when you know that you've got one positive case, and the first one was uh, noted at Joseph Harp Correctional Center. Now, today at Joseph Harp Correctional Center, they list on their website as 93 positive cases, which I talked to an offender over there the other day, and he said there's at least 175 cases over here, at least. Uh, He said there's 10 people just from his pod that he knows of that's hospitalized, and DOC only has 13. And he said, I know that number is not right and not accurate. And he said there's at least three that have died. And they said, they show that there's 79 people in isolation with eight guards having tested positive. So back in April, May, when they had two numbers as being positive, I don't think they were truly being forthcoming because I don't think that they had the test to to effectively uh, diagnose these people. It's like what I said on Fox News. Mm-hmm. So these Oklahoma well, inmates are immune from COVID-19? Time when the numbers will be skewed in the other directions, uh, thanks to um, the lack of transparency with the DOC and, and you know, and right. the, the prisons uh, themselves, the facilities themselves, because, you know, we, we do realize, uh, hopefully you know, we all realize, um, or most of us, that, you know, the numbers have been, um, you, you know, uh, not so accurate given the actual reasons and causes for death. Um, regarding the COVID-19. But in this case, of course, inside of um, the prison system, you know, just the opposite will happen. They'll try to make sure that it is not because of uh, COVID-19. And and instead it'll be, they would have died anyways or as natural causes or or they'll make sure that they aren't getting tested (laughs) to to prove that they had it. Who the heck knows what's going on. I tell you what, I, I did talk with um, Timothy Wolf, but the director, um, uh, the director of uh, communications, I believe, uh, there um, up at the DOC. Justin Wolf. You know, he, he shared with me, you know, that, yeah, it's kind of crazy. They're doing everything that they can do uh, to improve the conditions. That being said, um, it, it's not true that uh, they're being malnourished uh, and it, and that, um, and that they have plenty of staff, even though it's a stretch, they have plenty of staff, so nobody's going without, essentially. Um, and he has all the faith in the world uh, with um, uh, the warden uh, there uh, in uh, Taft. Uh, so I think that maybe some visits and uh, reviews of um, of um, <laughs> some of the evidences uh, and testimony of, of many because just because you are in uh, prison does not mean you're going to be a liar about everything, okay? It's not, it's not, just because somebody made a mistake, a mistake does not mean they're going to lie about every aspect of their life. Maybe they will, but maybe they won't. But that's why you've got to go in. You actually need to talk to people. You need to assess the situation. Guess what? You need to show up unannounced. Find out what's really going on, folks. Come on. So um, what say you? What say you? They definitely need to show up and announce, just like when they yeah. have an audit. They take time to prepare for these people to come so they don't get to see what it's truly like there. 
Right. They need to go in unannounced constantly. They need to be right. allowed to do that. Otherwise, they're not going to see the true situation. That if, if they schedule it, people know why they're going there. They have time to prepare their speeches and make it seem like everything's so great, but it's not. And if they could make it so they can interview a bunch of inmates without their name being included in it and no repercussions for it, the inmates would be more active or more um, likely to tell the true situation. Right. Right. They don't have that fear of uh, retaliation. Right. Right. That's right. Talk to people that have come out. Um, Mm -hmm. That's right. Now, Lawton, hearing a lot about Lawton. So what do you think about the private prisons again? I mean, I really want to get into this whole thing with the private prisons. Where, you know, who's accountable there? (laughs) That's a question you have to answer. I don't think they're accountable to anybody. On the on the uh, private prisons, mm-hmm. well, they're gonna have to get them out of Oklahoma because they're not gonna have the money to pay them. Yeah, McGirt McGirt versus Oklahoma said you got to get the private prison sector out of there because you're not gonna have the money to pay them. Oh wow! <laughs> so that's a great benefit there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Now that's nineteen. That's nineteen million acres that Oklahoma can't tax in oil and gas. And now the dispensaries of marijuana are violating federal law. I even think I even think the growers are violating federal law when they're on Indian land too. Right. A lady that writes for a, a lady that writes for a, a marijuana magazine told me that the federal government's going to be go- is already going after the weed dispensaries on Indian land. Wow. Wow. So you drive the revenue, you drive the state's revenue down, take the money away from it when they're spending when they're spending all these millions of dollars every year on private prison at at $41 a day for the inmates. Uh, that's what they pay the private prison sector. Forty one million uh-huh. forty one dollars a day per inmate. DOC went to went to the core civic and said, Well, Add look, that we'll up. we want to take We added that up the other night. You did. We're yeah. talking huge bucks. Yeah, millions. Like oh, yeah. like twenty four twenty four million a year just on one prison? Crazy numbers. On one prison, sixteen hundred inmates. Let's see, uh, forty-one dollars a day times sixteen hundred. That's sixty-five thousand dollars a day times oh, wow. three hundred and sixty-five is twenty-three million nine hundred and forty-four thousand dollars. For uh, for cushion, and that's estimated at, at uh, sixteen hundred inmates. 
But Cushing, Cushing held over 1,600 inmates. I think 1659 was her facility capacity. So DOC goes and says, well, we want to take 500 inmates away from each facility. And, uh, of course, Civic says, we can't operate on that. So if they took 500 away from from, uh, Cushing and they got that would be 1,100 inmates uh, times 41, that's 45,000 a day. Uh, times 365, that's 16 million. That's so you've cut their budget. You've cut their budget substantially. Their their uh, profit. So does that does that turn inmate incarceration into warehousing for profit? Yes. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why the legislature has got such ridiculous sentencing schemes. Wow. Because it's, financially motiva- because it's financially motivated. And then the discretion goes to the district judges, which is often abused. Right. Oh, my gosh. So in Oklahoma, you've got to exceed the statutory maximum in order for it to shock the conscience of the court. Somebody that's got two prior felony convictions there's not a sentence that's going to shock the conscience of the court because the conscience is life. There is, you can't exceed that. You can't, right. So then you've got good time. Good time doesn't mean nothing to a life sentence. Good time doesn't mean anything to a life sentence. Nothing at all. Life is life. Life is when you die. That's when your sentence is over. Sometimes these public defenders want to say, "Well, hey, let's get a blind plea going on, or even a paid attorney. Well, let's 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 uh, we'll get a blind plea going for you. You know, so that's never good. I've only I, I've seen it a couple of times in instances where it worked out for the defendant, mm-hmm. but if it's something if it's something that a person doesn't like, then that defendant's probably gonna mm-hmm. gonna end up doing a lot more time than what he wanted to." Especially if it's statutory, take a violation well, of uh, twenty-one. Too. Yeah, take a violation of twenty-one uh, Oklahoma statute, Title twenty-one, eight forty-three, uh, eight eight forty-three point five. If you take a violation of that, and where the statutory maximum is life in prison for the first-time offense, and you blind plea somebody on that, the judge can give him life. There ain't no statutory maximum on that. And if he does get life, what does he argue? Oh, the sentence is excessive? Well, it doesn't shock the conscience of this court. So that's what's got the system clogged up the way that it is. And well, and you, ha- and you have some actual defense attorneys that have done this. You know, I know uh, Ken Sue, Dor- uh, Ken Sue uh, Dorfel. Uh, over in, in Lawson, who has been accused of um, tricking um, uh, tr- tricking uh, defendants uh, into taking sentences uh, that she said otherwise would have been larger and uh, longer, and um, it wasn't the case. Or where she would uh, help somebody get out um, if they just agreed to this, I'll get you out early. 
uh, that's, I mean, you want to talk about patterns. That's ton. That's so, I keep saying, let me guess. Can see doors and yes, okay. You know what I mean? This is horrifying. It's absolutely horrifying. And then we've got um, some uh, some inmates that are in there for life prison, and the people who caused the malfeasance and why they're in there, they're dead. They're dead. We're talking about Joyce Gilchrist. We're talking about Bob Macy. They're dead. They're dead. So they, you know, they uh, and, and you know, but but why don't their names show up on the docket? That's what I really want to know. Why aren't their names showing up on the docket? Because uh, because Oklahoma doesn't want to have to uh, retry that case. Because there's others that have uh, – how many were retried? Oh, guess what? Maybe we can hide some because no one's out there standing up for that person. Um, all right. So uh, let's get back to um, the issues that can be addressed in a grievance procedure, okay? Let, let's get back to that because tomorrow's a big day. Tomorrow is a big day. Um, uh, but first, 917-388, 917-388-4520. Press 1. Do you have a comment or a question? I'm not really checking my messages right now because I'm doing a lot of research while we are talking. Um, but if you have a comment or question, uh, 917-388-4520. Uh, so any class employee, okay, um, <clears throat> let me see. Grievances. Um, who can? Uh, what's the difference between the? Okay, is this for employees or for inmates? Um, I just want to make sure I'm giving uh, correct information. Uh, oh, yep, that is for employees. But there are responsibilities as an employee. There are responsibilities as employee to uh, report. Correct? Yes. Yeah. That's what makes you a whistleblower. One of the most hated people in the world, but one of the most admired people in the world, too. Don't you deal some Listen, some people do tell afterwards, but really um, the best thing that you can do when you work in a system that is corrupt is get all kinds of body armor, all right? Um, number one, protect everybody. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but then, but then, guess what? You whistleblow while it's there, while it's happening. There are whistleblower protections. Oh, and there are whistleblower compensations too. All right. Um, it doesn't do much good if you're dead. But again, that body armor really helps. You know, I don't know what to tell you there. That's a tough situation because many people are married to their to where they're working, where they're living. Um, you know, can't afford to um, to leave their job. Can't afford to say something because I'll lose my job or I'll lose my life, my kids, all that stuff. But I tell you what, there's never anything okay. All right, I believe there are solutions to problems, no matter what. And it's important to know that you are not alone. And it's never, ever, ever okay to ignore these abuses. It's never okay. It is never okay. All right? So you get to sleep with yourself at night. You know, you get to sleep with yourself in the morning, you know, regardless of who you're next to, okay? And we are who we are when nobody's watching, right? Or you think nobody's watching, so we really need 
you know, those that are listening, I know there are people that are listening right now that are partaking in some of the neglect, some of the abuses. I know you're listening, okay? You know what? It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. But now that you know, it's not okay anymore, all right? You know, help. Help. Be part of solving the problem. People with, uh, with friends and family that are in there, um, ready to support and help. We look forward to having you there tomorrow. We look forward to getting your uh, grievances, your concerns in writing. Arthur, what would you say that next step is? Putting those grievances in front of a judge. Yep, exactly. 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 All right, I'm going to look and see if there are any questions. Oklahoma's got a problem. It is mighty quiet here tonight, so I'm curious about that. I know we've gotten bounced in and out a little bit. Um, Stephen Burke, are you there? Might not be listening because he doesn't always listen all the time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm here. Oh. Hi. Hi, how are you doing over there? <laughs> I'm doing all right. Just trying to keep up with the rat race. You know how that goes. It is a freaking rat race, isn't it? It's really just there's so much going on, and there's a few rats running around there in Calvin uh, for sure, and still. Um, uh, but you have you have gone to prisons and you have um, worked with um, with different inmates and um, and and you know what do you think and what do you have to say as Christian man a God fearing who you know is really really savvy as to the world we live in um, and 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 just as savvy as to constitutional rights of we the people. And um, what do you have to say about um, your knowledge or your awareness um, that's, that's being shared with what's happening in, in, the, in the prisons? And did you ever hear um, about any of this or see any, any of this when you ministered or, or when you minister? Well, usually where you're going in to minister, you don't get the opportunity to see much of that stuff. Of course, the main prison that we went into is there in Holdenville, and it's a lot better than a lot of them, so that helps too. But I've got letters from inmates from other prisons where all kinds of stuff went on. Had uh, mail problems and different stuff, and then uh, their legal stuff tends to disappear, like coming out of OSP. Had that happen more than once, had to get the the uh, feds involved to get the legal mail back. And it showed up in my box the next day. No postmarks, no canceled stamps, no nothing. 500 pages of legal work. You're kidding. And, but that's success uh, no, right there. That happened at OSP several years ago, and I've had uh, first-hand experience with uh, things that I knew was going on in the prison system where inmates would clean me in what was happening or whatever, 
And if you go through the proper channels in this state and report it to the state capitol to have the crooked guards checked out, what happens to the state capitol forwards your letter along with all the other information back to that crooked guard, and he gives it back to the inmate that sent you the letter. And, of course, nothing gets done. It's like everything else in this state. They've got it all sewed up. Wow. Thank you for that. That's testimony. personal experience, more than once, yep. right there. Arbitrary action of the government. Jeez. I don't have my volume turned up very high, so I'm having trouble hearing what y'all saying because I don't want to get feedback on this system. Okay. Um, what did you say? Can you repeat that again, Arthur? That's arbitrary action of the government. Yes. Arbitrary oppression. I, I, and, right. that, and that's hostile. That's hostile. That sets up a retaliation situation. Well, they're teaching the inmates not to report crooked stuff that goes on inside the prison because it's just going to get them in trouble, you know. That's what they're mm-hmm. doing. Yes. That's exactly what they're doing. You know, I've confronted officials at OSP about some of this stuff, especially about the mail. You know, twice I've had the the federal investigators down at OSP personally, and I had I had the post office help me get it done because that's the only way you can can get back your legal work that they make disappear and stuff like that. So why do you say, think they made it reappear, though? I, I, I mean, that's astounding that that actually that it did that it did reappear. I mean, what? Oh, they knew exactly think? wherever it was they put it, you know. Yeah. And uh, once the heat got put on them, they decided maybe it better show up where it ought to go. But they managed to get it there without no postmarks or anything. They yeah. want to leave no and it, the, paper trail. They didn't even cancel the twenty some odd stamps that was on it. <laughs> Not a and single cancel mark down nothing. there. But it was in my post office box the next morning, guarantee you. And they're doing it again down there. Are they? Yeah, we got a client that we try to send legal mail to, and uh, he never got, we sent it to him three times before he ever got it. The post office is not that unreliable that they're just going to lose mail. I mean, it happened. But but that that is very very right. Yeah, I mean that that would be considered uh, suspicious. One one would say, and and now you're getting another testimony about that. So that's something else, isn't that? I imagine that there are people listening right now now that would attest that as well. Um, Thank you, Mr. Burt. It is mighty. Go ahead. I said thank you, Mr. Burt. You're welcome. I've, I've actually, it got so bad there for a while that I was actually, when I'd write the inmates in there, which I'm allowed to do is this radio station, and uh, they they write me and ask questions, and I answer back. I was writing notes to the guards in the mail room right on the front of the letter because I knew they was reading them all, telling them what was going to happen. I mean, I literally, I wrote notes to the guards on the letters. 
What, what, like, can you give some instances? Uh, you, oh, this is awesome. See, Stephen Burke, yeah, okay, Stephen Burke knows the Constitution very well. He is a, a devout Christian, and, and just, he is a man that reminds me of my father that, you know, and that is because when he speaks, it is wise you listen. A man that does not speak very much, so I'll shut up so you can speak. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know. You just have to ask me what you want to know if you want to know something, I guess. I don't know, you know, what where, to, you, where to go with some saying? of this stuff. I mean, the whole system. I know for a fact, having dealt with legal stuff in Oklahoma for years and years, the whole system, right from your county all the way to the governor's office, is corrupt. I'm just going to call it like it is. Mm-hmm. I'm not a soft subject for them. In my opinion, it's corrupt. I have good reason to believe that. I've been in plenty of government offices in this state and seen what they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and and you know, and 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 Stephen took uh, one other thing. I'll, I'll throw out too. Hughes County, you know, conditions are pretty bad in Hughes County Jail, and. People have turned in Hughes County Jail. Well, guess what happens? The people are supposed to come inspect it. They call them and give them several days advance notice to fix things before they show up to inspect it. Of course, they ain't gonna find anything wrong. That's how the that's how the system works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. It's it, it's it's self defeating. Um, it, it every agency that I can think of. Uh, they are using the fox to guard the hen house, and um, and we do need to reform um, the system. We, we absolutely need to reform. I I can't believe that we are um, goodness just several minutes away from our ninety minute show tonight. Um, really appreciate yeah, I hope you all can now, get something he, done. You know, with with what's going on, but it's gonna it's gonna take a lot of noise to get it done. I can tell you that because they're gonna sweep it under the rug if they get the chance. Mhm. Yep. Yeah. Just like they did on keeping those numbers low. Yeah. Oh, they got to doctor the numbers, you know. Absolutely, they do. And then the attorney general admits, well, uh, the the count sheets that are online are not the same count sheets that DOC uses. Well, well, why wouldn't you put the same count sheets out that DOC uses for, for inmate population? Because uh-huh. it's higher than what they want the public to believe it is. But even uh-huh. the numbers that are that they're publishing to the public should be alarming to the citizens. Mm-hmm. Well, they get so much dollars a day for each one of them that's in there, so they're going to pack as many of them as they can in there. Yes. Well, um, as far as uh, being on TS Radio Network, um, I'm going to have to close out for those that are listening in. If you want to carry on for a little bit longer live on 89.9, um, we can certainly do that. If we feel that there's more conversation or if we should just call tonight, we can do that too. 
Um, but for purposes of um, of um, TS Radio Network, I am going to close it out, and then we can just take a, a few minutes longer to close out on your show. Is that okay on your radio station? Is that okay with you, Stephen? You can, but I'm called in on the, on the regular numbers, so I don't know if that's going to disconnect us or what okay. when you close it yep. out with them. Uh, all right, yep. We, to... yep, then we need to close it out. We need to close it out. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in, for caring, for sharing. Please continue caring. Please continue sharing. Please show up uh, tomorrow at the um, uh, between the hours of 10 and 4 at the um, – uh, help me out. Help me out, Tina. I'm trying Eddie to talk to you <laughs> Eddie Warrior Correctional Facility, 601 North Oak Street in Taft, Oklahoma. Come to show your support. Um, please uh, come to sign uh, any kind of affidavit with uh, your uh, true and genuine statements. Um, come and let the inmates know that uh, we're out there for them. We proved it. Tiffany did a fantastic job, has already improved the situation, and what better place to have this then right there, okay, please look online. Please look online at Injustice in Oklahoma Exposed and in uh, Oklahomans Incarcerated, True Stories and how they got there. And take a look at that uh, petition. If you don't believe it, if you don't like it, don't sign it. If you do sign it, and by all means, please share it. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, thanks, Mom. Good night. I love you, Mom. Uh, on uh, Tuesday, this coming Tuesday night, another law and lawful convic- conviction, we are going to tell the story about Mark West. I'm Tanya Hathaway, your host for Tanya Talks, where your voice is heard and your story is told. God bless and good night. Thank you, Arthur Bean.